SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Uh, that was the Cardinals' John Moseliak right there talking about soldiering on with Major League Baseball. Now, the Field of Dreams game with the Cardinals is going to be canceled this week. That news came down yesterday, which is a bummer. That sounded like a fun thing. And I imagine playing in a cornfield is everybody's dream at some point, right? If you're a baseball player. But, uh, yes, MLB is soldiering on. It was a good night of MLB for most teams, not so much the Braves. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's get to your calls. We've got John in Manhattan. John, good morning again. You're spoiling me with all this chatter. How's it going, my brother? going pretty well joe good morning how are you i'm doing all right my dude what's up i wanted to uh listen to the show yesterday on youtube but uh whoever loaded in your uh historic debut decided to load in the final 90 minutes as opposed to the entire show so i don't know if that person's on the wacky weed but maybe they can uh straighten up if they are right i want some of them load that in properly <laughs> if they've got any extra i could definitely use some it's been a long two weeks i can just tell you that john <laughs> what the, i appreciate but, uh, you yeah, listening I and watching to, uh, li- yeah i wanted to um to check out the show literally literally a little bit later in the day but um it was only the final 90 minutes so um i guess that's lost to the uh the sands of time as they say huh joe yeah that look that's that's the beauty sometimes you know sometimes these things are just in the ether they're just moments for us that's all it is uh you got any sports on your mind this morning john or you're just calling to uh keep me company which i believe me i appreciate (laughs) um yeah, something bubbled up overnight, or technically yesterday afternoon, and it's um, uh-huh. MLB Communications put out a tweet. <clears throat> and if I asked you what, what what do you think the tweet's about, you would maybe say about like lowering ticket prices or getting through the uh-huh. pandemic or rearranging the schedule, something sort of practical or, uh, you know. Um, anyway, the, the tweet from MLB Communications said that, Michelle Meyership has been named MLB chief people and cultural officer overseeing all MLB human resources activities, including talent processes and programs, workplace culture, and diversity and inclusion. She will also oversee all off-field office operations. Now, you know, I call the high school the best five years of my life, uh, couldn't get out of the first year of college. Maybe you can translate that for me, Joe. What the heck is, is MLB talking about in that? Oh, I, w- I was trying. To, I was trying to get all of the job titles because it sounded a lot. It sounded like how many shows that I do here on the network uh, for a second. <laughs> I was trying to keep up with it, uh, but it sounds like somebody who is almost like a, somewhere between a human resources and cultural ambassador for Major League Baseball. I mean, you have to realize Major League Baseball product is in a lot of different places too. Um, and also I think with everything going on in the, in the world right now, I think that there is a whole lot of, uh, every organization, every major organization, and it just doesn't go for sports. It goes for corporate America too, is looking at itself, looking at the diversity. Look, you have to keep in mind, major league baseball at one point in time, about 20 years ago had, uh, almost 40 something percent, um, black player rate. And, and now the African-American player rate is all the way down to the single digits. And that is a huge drop off. 
So, I mean, trying to investigate why those things are, trying to investigate and maybe grow things like the RBI program and things of that nature, I think a lot of that is important. And also, as we continue to move forward as well, and I appreciate the call, John, I think everyone's trying to cover their bases. So if they can hire somebody who kind of oversees all of that, hey, it makes sense. And if it it could help out things, I get that. I understand that. And if it could uh, make for a better workplace environment for for many players and and coaches and and staff members, you know, we we always tend to look just at Major League Baseball as the players (laughs) and or the owners and the management people. But there's so many other people under the Major League Baseball umbrella, the media people, the the people in the front offices, the people in the back offices, the people, the trainers. You know, and I said this kind of on yesterday's show, too, and I think. That's a big part of it. I, I think you have to understand that it just it's bigger than the players necessarily, too. Uh, and yeah, it, that's a lot of titles, though. I'm not going to lie. That's going to look really long on a resume. It's pretty much like an entire resume, <laughs> I feel like. But you know what Major League Baseball should put a tweet out about, John? I'll tell you what they should put a tweet out about. How about no blackouts on MLB extra innings? How about that? How about everybody who's stuck at home can watch whatever game, however they can possibly do it. If they've got streaming devices, they want to pay for extra innings. They can watch their own team. How about that? Wouldn't that be nice for just 60 games? That Don't get me started on that. That is a nonsense. That this that We're doing that right now during the pandemic that these stupid blackouts are still going on on MLB extra innings. You could pay X number of dollars and you still can't even watch your home team in the pandemic when they're telling everybody you should stay home and not go out much. And okay, well, I want to watch the baseball game, but maybe I can't, you know, afford cable. I could buy the one package at one time, watch all the games. I can't go to the games because that's always the thing, right? <clears throat> well, it's blacked out in the local area. Why? Why is it blacked out in the local area? Because you can go to the ball game yourself. No, you can't. You can't go to the ball game. Why can't you just watch the ball game? This is a story for another time. So let's get to some headlines, too. And obviously, you know, I'm going to start with the negative one here. Mike Soroka, torn Achilles. It did not look good at the time when it happened last night. The Braves were at home taking on the Mets. And you saw him come off uh, the mound trying to cover first base, and uh, it just uh, it just popped on him. It was just it was a sad thing to watch. And uh, another injury. For the Atlanta Braves and, and an ill-afforded injury too, and, and I say injury because I think Mike Fultonevich wasn't right either. They DFA'd him, and in this day and age of what's going on, the fact that Mike Soroka is now on the DL or IL, I should say, for the year, he's done for the year. The fact that Fultonevich pitched so poorly that no other team would pick him up because there's fear of an injury or whatever it is. When everybody's desperate for starting pitching, nobody would take a flyer on Mike Fultonevich, and they could got to send him back down to their camp. I hope he held on to those Fulton Everett chairs because it looks like he's going to be back sooner than later <clears throat> when that's crazy. Let me tell you, I mean, uh, I just it's going to be out of necessity at this point, unfortunately, for the Braves. And now a lot falls on Max Freed and whether or not Max Freed can step into his void and become the, you know, the, the true ace of this rotation. And he's got he's got the big time strikeout stuff. He's that guy in that rotation anyway. And I had my focus on him. But. Now, from a depth standpoint, it's just it's crazy to me. You know, the Phillies have gotten off to a weird start. The back of their rotation is not good. The bullpen's not good. The Mets, we all know about their bullpen and their drama and their issues. And uh, all of a sudden, you've also got now the Braves dealing with issues. So the East, which looked like a juggernaut, all of a sudden is wide open. Hey, Marlins, maybe you should get back to play. Who knows? Maybe you got a shot. Uh, Joe Adele is getting the call up. This is very exciting news for the Angels. No doubt about that. Let me tell you, uh, you know, with Mike Trout missing a little time and now Otani, who has got another issue with the elbow, not good. Uh, it's, I don't know if he's going to be able to DH. None of us know that yet. My guess would be no. 
And my guess would also be the Angels at this point in time have to look at this seriously. And they have to say, you know what? We've given this experiment a few years. It's not working out. You have to be on the field if we're paying you this money. And it sucks because I wanted Otani to pitch too. I'm right there with everybody. I'm right there with the Angels. I'm right there with Otani. But at a certain point, you have to look at the investment. You have to say, this is not a good investment. Otani needs to be on the field. He's too important to this lineup right now. Forget the pitching. He, not once a week, every day, he's too important. Uh, so Joe Adele is going to be coming up. So look for him to fill the void. And Joe Adele is an exciting young player. Uh, we also talk about the, the Rock buying the XFL. The XFL is not dead yet. It's unbelievable. Can you believe it? The XFL could be back again. I, <clears throat> Sorry, I enjoyed the XFL. I was enjoying it. I want a spring football league to succeed. I thought the other AAAAFF, whatever the hell, was terrible. But I thought the XFL was fun with the little rules and all the crazy things. And uh, Odell Beckham, speaking of crazy, uh, <laughs> you like that transition? He had a lot of thoughts about the season, the upcoming potentially of NFL and whether or not they should play or not. And you know what? As much as I am not an Odell Beckham guy, nor have I ever been, as my producer Chris knows, he's not wrong in the things he's saying. So the NFL has to kind of come up with something here. They have to come up with what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, uh, and start making the players feel comfortable since they can opt out right away. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to look back at last night in Major League Baseball. You're watching and listening to Bagels and Bad Beats. We're right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If you smell what the rock is cooking. <laughs> oh, Know your role and shut your mouth. It's bagels and it's bad. And I got both of for you to come get some. Uh, Joey B here. Joey B should be filling in for Scott Wetzel on bagels and bad beats. And yeah, the rock and the XFL. We're never going to let it die. Somehow it's going to continue on. I think. I think. I don't know if he's just buying the cool logo. I'm not sure. But I told you in the last segment, I like the wrinkles. I like the silliness. I like the... Uh, the one point, two point, three point conversion stuff. I like the kickoff rule. I thought a lot of it was kind of, I don't know, fun. And I think had the pandemic not happened, I actually think they would have finished the season and it would have been credible. And I think that's what you're all you're looking for. Can the XFL be credible? And I think they can be. I honestly do. And I think having somebody who loves football the way Dwayne Johnson does, and this is a guy people forget that he played at Miami sometimes. They forget you know, you know, what kind of businessman The Rock is. And and Dwayne Johnson is, you know, has proven time and time again, uh, despite some of his poor movie selection choices, that it doesn't matter because they all make a ton of money at the box office. <laughs> like, guys, box office gold. I don't like all The Rock's movies. I love The Rock. I wish I liked more of his films because I love the dude. But, man, I think the XFL is going <laughs> to – I think it's in better hands. I got to be honest with you at this point. I will take my chances with The Rock. I don't know if he's going to run the league or bring in other people to do it. The problem always inherently with the XFL was Vince McMahon and the fact that he always would have his, you know, brain in two different places. And, and that's and that's a hard thing when you're running a billion dollar corporation like WWE and then you're trying to run a football uh, league. That's just a very difficult thing to do. And I, and I think things fall through the cracks. So if you're just hiring this as a standalone people now and moving it into a different direction, then 
yeah, I think it I think it could work. And God knows people are gonna be hungry for stuff. That's for sure. And if they could do it in some kind of bubble next year in the spring, who knows? Crazier things have happened than the XFL 3.0. <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's amazing. So many chances. All right, let's uh, get into Major League Baseball last night and uh, look at the scoreboard and uh, kind of talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let's start with the good. Yesterday on the show, we were talking wagering. My favorite bet of the day was the Reds getting a W, and they got it. I Just Sonny Gray at home. I mean, the guy is now 3-0, .96 ERA. Yankees, what did you do? How could you let this guy go? I know the Yankees are cruising right now, but I don't know, man. This is just amazing to watch. And look, I was definitely one of these people that I left Sonny Gray off my fantasy teams last year. I wanted nothing to do with him, even though he was basically free. And you know what? I'm converted. I am there. I am, I'm with it now. Uh, Reds win 3-2. Plesak pitched well, too. He, his ERA standing at 1.8 now. Uh, so he is... Unfortunately, 0 and 1 within 1.80 ERA, no wins to show for that ERA. Uh, obviously, as the Yankees we mentioned, Garrett Cole moves to 3 and 0, the first guy to win his first three starts in quite some time uh, in Major League Baseball. I think it was Kevin Brown I saw, and it was one other guy uh, a couple years ago. So that's not something you get very often. Uh, Garrett Cole goes to 3 and 0 with a 2.55 ERA on the day. Uh, not bad. Zach Britton gets his fourth save in this one as they beat up on Arietta, which again. I told you yesterday, the, the Phillies haven't played baseball in a week, and you come in and try to hit Garrett Cole, try to beat the Yankees. No, it's not happening. The Mets won. I know. Talk about crazy things happening. Uh, won the first win of the year for Jacob deGrom, mind you. Uh, 2.12 ER right now for deGrom. Soroka, we mentioned at the top of the show here, uh, leaves with the Achilles injury, and that is just, oh, man. This is a difficult one. This is a really difficult injury. And, and you know, my pick to win the East this year was the Nationals. And a lot of people were like, ah, I was just lightning in a bottle. And to which I said, this is a 60-game tournament. And in a 60-game tournament, when you can throw Scherzer, hopefully Strasburg, we'll see as time goes on later this week, and Patrick Corbin, <clears throat> there's nobody in baseball that's got a 1-2-3 that good. Nobody. And this is a tournament. And if those three pitchers are healthy, and so far two or three, it's going to be really difficult to beat them. And I'm just telling you, I think the Nationals still are the team to beat right now. Uh, the Braves are 7-4, and four, but right now it's a 7-4 and four with no Fulton Evich, no Mike Soroka the rest of the year, and that's not good. This is not a good start for the Atlanta Braves for sure. Uh, but yeah, the Mets actually uh, woke up, scored some runs for Jacob deGrom. Congratulations. Make them last, Jacob. If I were you, I would take some of those runs from yesterday's game. And I would try to bring them over to another game. That seems uh, like the uh, right thing to do there. <laughs> that, would, that would be good. Uh, you also got the uh, the Twins outlasting the Pirates. I walk off double there from Nelson Cruz. Uh, I would expect more power in this one from these teams. But, eh, you know, I guess the Twins, only five runs. Only five for the Twins who go to eight and two right now. And they're cruising. Uh, <clears throat> there was some power, though, in Milwaukee yesterday. Uh, you got uh, home runs from Makata, home runs from uh, Jose Abreu. And you also got two steals from Luis Robert, who is looking like a superstar. Now he's at the top of this lineup with Anderson out. Telling you, these White Sox, if they can get any pitching after Giolito, they are going to be a dangerous team. And this is why that Kopech opt-out was so huge for them. Because I felt like adding a guy like Kopech, who you could have basically looked at and said, hey, this is a guy we can add at some point. Maybe he only goes five innings. Maybe we use him out of bullpen. But whatever it is, he's lightning in a bottle. Guy throws, you know, 98, 99 miles an hour. 
this could be a game-changing kind of guy. And also, when you bring up a young pitcher, there tends to be this ripple effect, right, where you have all of a sudden everybody buying in. You know, you get really energized about it. You get really confident about it. That guy's on the mound. He's untouchable. We're untouchable. And it really does filter. I think about, like, the, you know, Dwight Gooden, you know, debut back in the 80s, and I feel like how that really transformed the franchise, along with, obviously, getting guys like Keith Hernandez and guys like Gary Carter. But it was that Dwight Gooden debut that kind of energized things. And that could be a very special thing. And G. Lito was brilliant last year, and Kopech added to that rotation this year could have been just magical. So now it's going to be somebody else. Maybe Dylan Cease steps into the void. Maybe Ronaldo Lopez. Cease was actually good in his last start, so we'll see. Also good news, we talked about this yesterday on the program. We talked about Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich was better last night. Two hits last night. Doubles. Yeah, hey, hooray for a double for Christian Yelich. Maybe, just maybe, we turn things around. I said if it, if it goes stale this week, then you really start to panic. Then I think panic is is def- Then you start selling off shares. You start really panicking, or you know, really worrying about any Brewers investments that you made this year. However, sometimes you just need to step away, and he stepped away. You know, he had some time off for worse. And sometimes you just need a breather mentally. Sometimes baseball is as much of a mental game as a physical game. Uh, that's for sure. Just ask Nuke Lelouch in Bull Durham. Uh, but look, uh, the White Sox win this one six four. Uh, moving on to the Cubs, the wind was blowing in last night, so not a whole lot of runs in this one, but Alec Mills has been quite a story. Alec Mills goes to 2-0, and his ERA is at 1.38. Uh, they win 2-0 over the Royals. Danny Duffy, who last year in the road pitched to an ERA over 4.5, was pretty good in this one, despite some walks. But the Cubs edged him out. It was a Chris Bryant home run. That was the difference in this one. The Rockies continue to win games. Can you believe this? Now, yeah, they're playing the Giants. Okay. But still, 7-2, and two, the Rockies, it's quite a start. And this is the magical, wacky thing about this particular season. This particular season, anything can happen. And if a team gets off to a good start, there's no reason to believe, and there's no reason for them not to believe, that they can actually go up there and, and make some useful uh, playoff run, potentially. Like, there's no reason to think that the Rockies can't somehow backdoor their way into the playoffs this year with so many teams added. If they continue to play at this pace, forget it. I don't know if they can continue to play at this play, <laughs> play at this pace, but we shall see. We shall find out, that's for sure. But another win for the Rockies is they go to 7-2. I mean, <laughs> I think the Padres and the Dodgers are looking around and all of a sudden like, hey, what the hell's going on with the Rockies? Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks are like, hey, hey, guys. Guys, remember when we were supposed to be much better than people realized? Well, not so much. Uh, Frankie Montas, my boy, got right. Yes, it took a little while, not nine strikeouts for Frankie Montas. Finally, the third start was indeed the charm, seven innings. The A's just pounded on the Mariners, 11-1. Woo-wee. Sorry, Justice Sheffield, that ERA goes to 9.39. The Mariners and not a good baseball team. I know they're two games over 500 right now, but no, they're, they're, they're not a good baseball team. They're, I know Kyle Lewis has got off into a great start. That's all well and good. That's terrific. But I think you also have to keep in mind at this point that you look at the pitching staff, you look at the bullpen, it's a shambles, it's no good. And uh, last but certainly not least, you had the Padres and Dodgers. The Padres upsetting Walker Bueller and Chris Paddock, the oppo play of the night last night. He's gone to 2-0 and now with a 2.65 ERA. So look at that, somehow beating out Walker Bueller in this start. Uh, Yates with the save, his first save of the year, because he had not been getting some save chances. So uh, the Padres showing that they can hang not only with the Dodgers, but with the Dodgers' best. And uh, I know there's a lot of weather issues potentially in games tonight for Major League Baseball, so we'll keep an eye on that in hour two when we start looking ahead to the games. 
and uh, give you a little preview there from the DFS from a wagering standpoint. We like to do that in the second hour of the show. So if you got those kind of investments going on, give a listen because yesterday we were in on Sunny Gray. We were in on the Reds. That worked out pretty nicely. So that's positive there. We in on Frankie Montas as the favorite GPP arm of the night over on FanDuel. And that worked as well. Uh, so we got a lot of good things there. Nick Madrigal was a free square yesterday too. Look for those free square guys. They're outstanding. But yeah, it was a, an interesting night of Major League Baseball especially when you consider that the Padres, the White Sox, these two upstart teams that I think everybody looks at as young, exciting. Yeah, there's some veteran presences there too, like the Machados and like the Abreus of the world. But still, these are two teams that have not been very relevant in a long time. The White Sox are six and four. Things are starting to look up for them after a little slow start. The Padres are seven, four, coming off a big win against the Dodgers. And all of a sudden, Again, anything can happen this year in Major League Baseball in the 60-game tournament, and that's what we're in. It's the 60-game tournament. So when we come back, we're going to uh, change gears, take a little break from baseball, talk a little football, talk a little wide receiver, because again, it's that time. It's August. It's time to start prepping and thinking about our fantasy football leagues, because football is going to play, even if they play on the moon. We'll also take your calls, 844-843-6879. We'll be right back after this. With more bagels, but bad beats, and more Joey P. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The SportsGrid Network. Bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats. Right now, most importantly, Aaron's our quarterback, and I see him here for a really long time. And however long that is, I don't think anybody knows. Nothing's guaranteed in this league. But I feel so lucky to be able to work with him on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I don't see that changing for a really long time. Cram it up your cram hole on the floor. Yeah, that's right. Cram it up your cram hole. That was uh, talking about how, yeah, well, we love Aaron Rodgers, but that's why we drafted Jordan Love and moved up for him. Yeah, we love him. We love him. He's great. He's going to be here forever and ever. Everything's fine. Everything's great. I don't know. We'll find out. We're going to transition to a little football talk here. Before we do, though, we'll hit those phone lines again. If you want to get in on the conversation, I'd love to chat with you. 844-843-6888. 7-9, give me a call, and we'll talk whatever your feelings are. As the kids say, all the feels, if you got them. And then uh, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about whatever you got in sports. We got uh, Richard in West Virginia back. Richard, what's happening, my brother? Well, if you could talk about uh, whatever you want, because I didn't know if you had to stay focused, because you've been talking about baseball. Now you're on the football. But there's something that interests me. I just I, I just don't care about baseball. I haven't cared about it for years and years and years. It doesn't really interest me. But I look in the paper, and they will show, like it used to, it will show sports on TV. Now it will show baseball, and they will show the NBA. I guess that they play every night 
for some reason, I haven't got back into that either. But it's just like the other night, I think about a week or two ago, they had the uh, commissioner of the PBA. Uh, actually, it's probably one of my favorite sports, a professional bowler store. And they had her on there saying, we're back. Uh, we're, we're safe. We're, we're ready. And they had uh, uh, Norm Duke against uh, Walter Ray Williams, two of the greatest there. And then they had Norm Duke and Sean Rash. They had uh, great bowling there. And usually bowling's not even on in the summertime. So I don't know what that was all about, but I enjoy watching that. It's just the idea that you just don't know what's going to be on where. Like I know on the weekends, they got FS1 has that racing from Saratoga horse racing. I enjoy watching that. But I'm just trying to figure out how you can tell if you want to turn on any any night tonight or any night to turn on FS1, turn on Fox, turn on ESPN, and see – except for looking at the paper to see the baseball is going to be on or the NBA is going to be on, how you can tell what exactly is going to be where, how, how you can figure out what's on. Because uh, I do like yeah. that bowling, but it's not supposed to be on in the summertime. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Right now, everything is off, and thanks for the call, Richard. And my grandfather was a guy that uh, watched the bowlers every Saturday morning. He would watch the bowlers, and I'd sit there with him, and he would would love that. I don't know. It was his thing, man. He liked it. He enjoyed it. He was a big sports guy anyway. He watched pretty much everything. Big, wide world of sports guy, too, and and a boxing guy as well. So we used to watch a lot of boxing together, Uh, but he was an ex-boxer himself. And uh, I ended up in the fight world for quite some time, uh, actually, as well. But the... um, yeah, right now, as far as trying to follow things, obviously the best way to follow what's going on is if you follow those individual leagues on Twitter, which I know not everybody wants to be on Twitter, and that's fine, uh, but that's a good way to get those schedules. But, you know, if you go to the the Google and you look at all the different uh, the leagues, you can find what's on tonight or you just Google, you know, what sports are on TV, and it'll give you a whole list of things, and you could probably find that. So if you could find me and Scott here on the program, I think you could find that as well. And, and yeah, it's, it's going to be weird. We're going to have a lot of different wacky things happening a lot of sports out of time. I mean, it's August and we're playing hockey. Need I say more? I mean, it's August and we're playing hockey. I, I know Chris Bavone is happy, well, although he wasn't happy yesterday because, you know, he's very frustrated with his Rangers right now. But earmuffs, Chris, earmuffs, earmuffs. Let's uh, let's switch gears here and talk a little football because, hey, it's a, it's a good time of year to be doing this. And uh, here in hour one, we're going to talk about the wide receiver ones. And then we're going to get into some wide receiver values a little later on. And um, look. It's one of those things where it really does matter when it comes to format. And I'm a big proponent of this. I'm the author of the Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon, uh, best-selling 15 times uh, for baseball, for football. We did an NBA book a few years ago. We're doing an NHL book. And, again, this is about strategy and understanding approach. And, you know, it's good to just kind of talk it out sometimes and talk about these wide receiver ones. And, And the difference between wide receivers, just generally speaking, in a standard format, And then in the half and full point PPR standpoint, too, because in those formats, in those leagues, it's a very different game. It is, you know, in the standard league, you're looking for those wide receivers that, you know, have the touchdown upside, you know, are going to be red zone friendly kind of guys. And and that is important. Uh, You also look for some of the big play guys because the Tyree kills of the world can have that one big catch and make an entire day out of that. But you have more options in the PPR world. You have more options there with guys uh, who might not score a ton of touchdowns, guys who are just high-volume guys, or those guys in the slots, the Jamison Crowders of the world, or even guys like Cooper Cup, who, you know, look, from a from a volume standpoint, 
he's uh, in that wide receiver one conversation. There's no doubt about that in the full point PPR and even half point PPR. And I think that's something to look at. And, you know, we're playing that clip earlier from uh, LaFleur and the Packers. And I know everybody's really excited about Devontae Adams this year. He is not my number one on the board. He's right there neck and neck at the two spot with Julio Jones. I prefer Julio Jones personally. Uh, and we'll get into that in a second. But the real reason why, it's it's funny to me that Devontae Adams a couple years ago had an incredibly consistent season, wonderful year. But if you look at the game log of him, there's there's missed time. You have missed time with Devontae Adams, and it seems like he's the only guy getting a pass for missed time. Everybody else misses time in the NFL. Fantasy owners freak out. But for some reason, not Devontae Adams. And the other thing to throw onto this is the Aaron Rodgers factor, which if you look at last year and the year before, the the trend is going in the other direction where the guy is starting to get older. And this is something that happens to all of us. Now, some people like me, you know, uh, when you shave your head early on and you're bald, everybody, you look older before everybody else, but then everybody else gets older and you look the same. Well, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look the same. He's getting a little older and he's starting to show it now. And this is the whole point is now... He is not the guy throwing for nine 300-yard games. He's not the guy who's winning you a bunch of weeks on his own. This is a more balanced offense. You look at Aaron Jones running the football so much. You, you look at even their draft and taking another running back there. So there's definitely a, a pivot here. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is done. We talked about him on yesterday's show, and he's still a guy who is a, a QB1 low end, in my opinion. He's right there. He's hanging on by a thread. If he got passed this year and is a QB1, it would not shock me at all. But I would still put him in that category. But this is the difficult thing is you have to sort of change your your thinking and change your thought process. And I think as you're doing that, you have to evolve a little bit. And as we're evolving, you have to look at some other spots. And obviously, top of the wide receiver board is Michael Thomas. There's no doubt about that. I prefer Julio Jones at the number two spot. That's that's me. Julio does have his aches and pains. Julio does have his injuries. But Julio stays on the field for the most part. <laughs> and... The best thing about that offense compared to the Green Bay offense is that the Atlanta Falcons offense, nobody threw the ball more last year or the year before. Nobody's going to have more potential volume than Julio Jones. And this is a guy that's got multiple seasons of 1,400 yards. And look, what Michael Thomas did last year was all world incredible. There's no doubt about that. The guy deserves all the credit in the world. I don't know if we can repeat that kind of season. It's possible. Antonio Brown had a few seasons in a row kind of like that. And, uh, you know, the fact that Michael Thomas was able to do what he did last year, even with Drew Brees missing time with an injury and then having Teddy Bridgewater throwing the football, Michael Thomas is just incredible. I mean, the guy just outworks everybody. And that's why he's at the top of the board. But for me, I like Julio at the number two. Devontae Adams is fine for me at three. And again, I talk about relative position value in terms of how much better is a player than another player. And uh, where's the fantasy league average of wide receiver one, which is where you compare all of those guys together. And then you have the negative. So you have the players that are good. They're wide receiver ones. But when you assume everybody has a wide receiver one on their team in fantasy football, what you have to realize then is, oh, some wide receiver ones are better than others. And how much better? Just for an idea, Michael Thomas in a PPR is 24 percent better than the fantasy league average wide receiver one, which would be, let's say, in this case, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, those kind of names, right? So that's a 24% advantage every single week in terms of scoring. And fantasy sports is not that difficult when you boil it down to one constant. And that is, if I can be more productive from all of these roster spots as often as I can, more often than I can, 
I'm going to be successful more often than not. And once you understand that running back is in a position, but running back one is, and running back two is, and understanding that wide receiver is not just a position, but wide receiver one is, all of a sudden your mind opens up and starts to change. And this is the kind of stuff we do in the black book. Going on next is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and a lot of people are not happy with the whole DeAndre Hopkins moving. They're worried about Kyler Murray. I am not. Nobody runs more plays than Kingsbury. And the drop-off for me is very small. We're talking 15% for Julio Jones down to just 11 for DeAndre Hopkins. So we're talking about this guy is still elite. And this guy never drops a ball. This guy is an incredible athlete. And he's motivated. He's motivated to stick it to Bill O'Brien. And if you don't think that's a thing, then you ain't paying attention. Because it absolutely is a thing. And I'll tell you right now. I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins as still being that guy. Now, is he the top of the board, the very top? No, he's not quite in the class of Julio Michael Thomas. If you want to make the argument over Adams, too, I can make the argument for Adams because of consistency with the quarterback. But DeAndre Hopkins is still right in this conversation. And I would still take him my retiree kill, and that's based upon rolling the offense. You know, Patrick Mahomes is a guy who's able to really spread the ball around, find guys, the exposure, because he's a great quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is playing on a different level that I don't know if I've ever seen anybody play the quarterback position. I really, And the fact that he's doing it already, the fact that he could be two years into a career, three technically, but two real playing, already have a Super Bowl championship, already have an AFC championship game. I, I mean, my God. And he just makes it look so easy. The things he does, the way he sees the field, it's scary to think about how good this guy can be in three or four years. And uh, good job by the Chiefs making sure they lock him up forever and ever. And uh, going on the rest of this grouping here, Chris Godwin. I like Godwin. I prefer him to Evans. But this is where we get into the fantasy league average territory and then to the negative. Uh, and not that these guys are bad, but if you're going to get these guys, you got to get two of them in order to build up that capital a little bit and build up that productivity on your roster. Kenny Galladay is next on the list here. Kenny Galladay had a breakthrough year last year. Finally, the year we've been looking for for Kenny Galladay. And yet again, despite the Stafford injury, then the bottom of wide receiver one, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham. Now, Amari Cooper, I still have concerns because of the up and down. But if you want to put Cooper in that list, I'm good with. I think if you're looking also, we'll talk about some of these guys too in wide receiver two. There's some other guys here that can make this jump. Again, this is full point PPR. So even though Keenan Allen doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns, he's still going to catch a lot of balls. I know it's not Phillip Rivers, but Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to get Keenan Allen the football still not at the same volume level, but close enough that he is still right on that fringe. And then you have Woods and Cup in this grouping. And Woods with the guy didn't have any touchdowns. I think that's kind of an anomaly. You saw in the second half of the year, all of a sudden that started coming around a lot more. And Cooper Cup probably just does not get enough credit. Neither does Adam Thielen. And without Diggs there, Adam Thielen, I think, is one of these guys that uh, I think you're looking at really being another big time volume guy. And that's what you want. You want to, in fantasy football, solidify the targets, solidify the touches. How many times is this guy touching a football? Because it's really hard to score points if you don't touch the football. And yeah, you can love this sleeper and that sleeper and all this stuff. And we'll get to some of those guys in hour two. But when you're talking about wide receiver one, you're talking about who's the man on that team. That's what you're talking about. Who's the man? And we come back, we're going to tell you who is the man in the NBA uh, because we got some NBA stuff to fly around too. Man, this first hour is going quick. So if you got calls, we'll take them to 844-843-6879. More bagels, more bad beats right after this.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Bagels and Bad Beats. Joe Pizapia filling in for Scott Wetzel for a few days. You only have to deal with me for one more, I promise you. Don't worry about that. Then Scott will be back, your fearless leader. Uh, but in the meantime, let's take a little look uh, at the NBA last night. Uh, the Lakers edge the Jazz and uh, lock up the one seed. Anthony Davis, 42 points in this one. Uh, a big outing from him. You know, Davis is just a tremendous player, obviously. Also, Zion Williamson uh, powering the Pelicans past the Grizzlies. Zion Williamson scores 23, big down the stretch, too. Uh, so a big win there for the New Orleans. Uh, Milton's late three saves the Sixers. So Shake Milton hits the three in the go-ahead. Uh, he had uh, with just seven seconds left there in this one. Uh, also, Porter had a big night and fuels the Nuggets. So big deal there for him as well. And the Raptors hold off the heat in the rally in that one. Uh, so, look, a lot going on here as we're kind of making our way into the playoffs. As I told you, I was a huge NBA guy back in the 80s, 90s, even into the early 2000s. Then got off of it, and now I'm trying to get back into it now. I just am. I just uh, – I it's that crazy time. And more also importantly, this is why children change you. My daughter, my youngest daughter, into basketball. She's really good. She's a, actually a scary kind of good athlete. And I know what a good athlete looks like and what a good athlete does not look like. And she's a good athlete. Loves basketball. Really good at it. Wants to watch more basketball. Therefore, I want to watch more basketball with her. And this is what happens. This is what happens. Kids always change you. You didn't watch basketball much. Now, all of a sudden, your kid wants to do it. Well, then that's what we're doing. And we're going to spend some time. So uh, hour one, basically in the books. But hour two. Is just around the corner here. We got a lot to get to in hour two. We're going to talk more about some of these wide receivers. I'm going to give you the guy, the Chris Godwin of this year. I gave him to you last year if you read the black book. And this year I'm going to give you that next name, the guy who's going to go from wide receiver two to wide receiver one. We're also going to give you a Dane Martinez, who's always the number one in our book. We're going to look at Major League Baseball. Oh, my goodness, so many things. And Chris Pavone is going to help me do it all. We'll also take your calls, 844-843-6879. Been a fun hour one. We're just getting started here. If you're just joining us, stick around. Don't go anywhere. More bagels, more bad beats, more sports grid right here. Oh, so good. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 